Jason McKee, our guy, J-Mac, is here in studio. Shay's the executive producer. Jay Moore's at the controls. I'm David Kaplan. 312-332-3776. It's a football Friday. Bears at Saints. Last time they won, a certain friend of ours scored the game-winning touchdown. You'll hear that on the show today. Courtney Cronin, 835, sets the stage for it. And we'll have the weekend weather with Tracy. J-Mac, we're ready to go. Bears and Saints, man. Him won since 1991 mm. there. Mm-mm. All these stats, man. It's unbelievable, right? You look back at, you know, like you said, history since 1991. And you're trying to find the silver lining in this season. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's just bad stat after bad stat. And you think something's got to go good for us, right? Right. Something. At some point. Anything. Right. I mean, it's, it's so frustrating, and, you know, me having the opportunity to be able to, to see it from a different perspective, to be on the sideline and to watch the game and break it down from that perspective. It's tough because, um, you know, we were talking before we got on there, like, these guys, they bust their behinds. Players, coaches, everybody in that building. I know they're busting their behinds to go out there to, to be competitive, to go out there and put wins together. And as a player... When you're going through the the daily grind, right, the weekly grind in preparation for a game, I mean, you're watching film, you're lifting weights, you're doing that, you're practicing, you're doing everything you can to put your best foot forward and to go out there and to, to not have the results, you know, week in, week out. It's tough. It's tough to have that same mindset and mentality to, one, to have that belief into what your coach is saying. You know, he's saying all the right things. We're getting better. We're, in, we're heading in the right direction. But we're not getting the results as a player you know, those questions start to pop in your head. And that's just human nature. Correct. You I mean, hear the coach and it's, here we go. Again. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, oh, he said that last week. <laughs> right. <laughs> he said that yesterday. We're getting close. Yeah. Still coach. But you're still far. Right. Like, how close are we getting but we're so far? How close are we getting we just got destroyed by the Chargers? Like, as a player, that's tough. And especially if you're one of those players that's doing your job, you know, you're perform you're performing, you're you're a part of the, the solution, not the problem. And to see that the same results over and over again. It's it's tough. It really is. I've been in locker I've been in a locker room like that. It's hard. You know, Lovey's first year, I think we were five and eleven. Mm-hmm. And it was tough. Tough, tough. And I was a young guy. I was just trying to fit in and try to find my footing. And it was tough back then. And you know, you had to play well because I'm trying to make sure I'm on this team next year. Right. I want to make sure I'm in the NFL next year. I want to be here in Chicago. I want to be on this roster. Made a lot of friends. Got a lot of great teammates. A lot of great players in this locker room. I got to make sure I'm doing my job so I'm here next year. But it's still tough to hear that same coaches speak over and over again. But then you go on the field and you're getting the same results. So when you're playing and going through this whole thing, I've heard Tommy and Olin and Yerk. Yerk said, man, you're either all in yeah. or you're going to get killed out there. And that he, that was his lifestyle till he retired. Yep. Now he's a radio dude. He's awesome. When you're going through that, it's not a couple hours of practice, head home, relax. No, it's like 24 seven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're always trying to find a way. Like you start to second guess yourself. Well, I've watched four hours of film. Did I watch enough? You know, I I lifted. Did I lift enough? You know, do do I need to stay after practice and get some extra reps? Well, I stayed after practice for like 40 minutes. You know, I I stayed for an hour. Yes, exactly. You're always going to second guess yourself when things aren't going right. But, you know, that that's what you like in a situation like this. It's a it's a team game, right? It takes a total team to win. 
But at the same time, when things are going bad like this and there may be change that may, you know, upcoming change that may happen, right, you're almost, it's almost individualized. Now I'm like, okay, I've got to perform well. Like I just said, I've got to perform well to make sure that I'm here. Or if I'm not here, that I have good enough film, I have a good enough resume uh, to be on a, another team next year. Looking at the Saints, I watched the All-22 of the Bears. I went back and watched some of the Saints. That's a pretty solid football team. Yeah. It is. They're not elite. They're not winning the Super Bowl. This is a hell of a challenge, man, to go in that building where you haven't won since 1991. Yeah. How hard will it be? Going to have to use some silent count. It's going to get loud. Second or third start now for an undrafted Division II quarterback who has no real rhythm yet with his team. Mm-hmm. He's playing when they did not think he'd play. It would be Justin. And, wow, silent count? Like, how hard is that? It's tough. I mean, it, it changes the whole dynamic of your offense. And we saw that last week. I mean, at, at SoFi Stadium, it was but It wasn't loud that too. loud, was it? It was loud. It was loud. And me, Jeff, and Tom on the call, we kept talking about how loud it was. And it's loud because they played the music loud, too. And they mm-hmm. were playing the music while the guys were in the huddle. And it was loud. A lot of Bears fans. A ton of Bears fans, which was shocking. I, lo- I walked in and I looked around. And I saw, oh, man, this feels like Chicago West. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Um, but... To your point, to your point, Cap, it's going to be a challenge offensively. And you look at the way that we struggled last week offensively. We can never get in rhythm because there was always either a pre-snap penalty, holding, you know, all these things that will stall an offense, all those things that will take you out of rhythm. And when you have those things, you can never get started. And going into, into New Orleans where you have a, 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 a cr- the crowd is going to be ridiculous, it's loud, like those are the things that you have to overcome. Like you've got to be close to perfect if you want things to go your way or if you want to have a chance at being effective on offense. And like that silent count, that's one thing. Like you said, young quarterback getting another opportunity to, to go out there and, and to lead this offense. So he's got to continue to get better. Um, is this one of the best defenses we faced this year? You know, I'm not going to say they are, but they're they're a tough defense. I mean, you've got some guys that can make plays. Demar Davis, middle linebackers, all over the field. Cam Jordan, we know we know what he does. So, but but it's about us. It's about us. And you know what I want those players to do is forget about all the outside adversity that you've been that you had. You know, week in and week out. Forget about all the outside noise and focus on us. Like, how do we get better? As, as a team, how do, how, how do we get better, you know, player-wise player, player wise in terms of, like, it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks because the players are the guys that's out there on the field. And, you know, like I said before the other day, somebody has to step up in that, in that locker room and say, you know what, let's cut the BS. It's about us. Let's go out here and play our brand of football and let's stop listening to the, to the naysayers and all this stuff. But let's go out here, let's execute and play and play hard football. And if we do those things and we stop doing things to hurt ourselves and we play fundamental football, it gives us a chance to win. So when you guys were playing, like, here's my question. Bajant is this neophyte in the huddle. He's mm-hmm. a young kid. Yep. He's got ability, though. There's yeah. a reason he's there. He's he got talent. Like what your quarterbacks you played for with Orton? About twenty of them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more than that. Who Maybe was more. the guy that was the most in command in the huddle? Because I heard the story. Uh, someone was telling me that played on the '85 Bears, and they said when McMahon first started, like '82 or '83, 
He said he, he wasn't the starter yet. He comes in the game, and everybody's chirping. Yeah. And he said, okay, shut the F up. No one speaks in my huddle again. Are we clear? Whoa. And one of the linemen, I think it was Noah Jackson, said, we've never had that before. Mm -hmm. Some guy that, I'm the boss, shut up. Yeah. And it changed. Who was that guy? Man, that's a good. Oh, we had so many guys. I, Kyle, Kyle, I think Kyle did a great job of commanding, um, you know, attention in the huddle. Kyle Orton. Yeah, Kyle Orton. And ha, it, like he had a way of showing you, like he he was confident. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna score on this play. Hey, we're gonna this we're gonna put together a drive here. When you have a quarterback that comes in a huddle and he can, you know, give you that confidence. He's confident in himself, but he's confident in which he can, you know, help you guys believe that that he can lead and that you can go down and score. That resonates throughout that huddle. Like, we believe, too, now, because I feel like, okay, my quarterback has command. He's telling us we're going to do this. Let's go out here and do it. When you got a guy that comes in the huddle and he's like, uh, 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 and he forgets the, the whole play call, he forgets the protection, I'm like, hey, what's the protection? <laughs> you know what I mean? What's the what's the play? Were you there with Cade McNown? No, I wasn't. I wasn't there with Cade. Because I was told that he literally came in the did no homework, didn't yeah, watch film, and literally called something out. And I don't know if it was Olin at center or uh, <laughs> who was the guy, but Casey Wegman. Mm -hmm. We don't have that in our playbook. <laughs> what? They, and, that, and when you when you have somebody like that, you're like, oh, man. We have you played play. one like that? Yes. And I won't say his name. And and the funny thing is, you talk about Olin, brother. We talk about this all the time. And there was a, there was a quarterback that came in a huddle. And I remember him coming in a huddle. And he's like shaking, right? And he's like... You know, he's in the huddle, and he's calling the play, and he forgets. Like I said, he forgets the protection, and it looks like he's tearing up in the huddle. And I look at Thomas Jones. I was like, is he crying? <laughs> and Thomas Jones is like, he's like, yo, yo, what's the protection? What's the protection? And in my head, I'm like, oh, man, we lost. But this guy, like this guy, he wasn't a starter, but guess what? In meetings, he knew everything. Meetings, he knew every play, knew every uh, coverage. He could, like, he could coach you up. He knew what the receivers were running. You know, if they had the side adjustments, if certain pressures but were coming. in battle, he freaked. Man, in battle, I was shocked because in meetings, we're like, man. Like, you know, before he gets out there on the field. This and, dude's going to be good. We're like, we got one. We got one, brother. We got one. T. Jones, we got one. He's going to be good. We get out there, and it was shocking. It was like when the <laughs> lights come on, yeah, you're either going to be yeah, a dog or you're yeah. going to be a deer in headlights. And he was definitely a deer. I will not say his name, though. Wow. Yeah. Was it Jay? <laughs> no, it wasn't Jay. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't Jay. It wasn't Jay, no. Uh, it's a football Friday here. So what are you out there as you get in the car? Ah, oh, one more day and I get my weekend. What are you expecting to see when you watch the Bears and the Saints on Sunday? Eight and a half points is the spread now. Eight and a half. So Vegas has no confidence. They were eight and a half, nine last week, depending on where you shop, uh, against the Chargers and got beat 30-13. to 13. So what are you expecting to see? With Jason McKee, I'm David Kaplan. 312-332-3776. It's a football Friday. Bear Saints on Sunday. A bunch of good college football this weekend. We got Clemson at Notre Dame. Some good football, man. Some really good football. Yeah. Exciting. Hey, we're doing our picks later. Shay, how do you not have the Clemson-Notre Dame mm. game on our list? Mm. 
Washington at USC, LSU at Alabama. Like, there's some really good games. And your team, Carmel, is playing Antioch at Antioch. Yeah. You're in the state playoffs. Yeah. Round two. I appreciate it, man. The kids will the kids will be thrilled that you mentioned them. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been it's been it's been a good journey. Um, I took over that program back in COVID. It was a struggle. We took our lumps. <laughs> we were getting blown out by a lot of great programs that's you know in the Catholic League conference. And our kids have matured. Um, I think my coaching staff, they've done a good job of coaching and developing guys. And now, you know, we're the guys dishing out punishment. So you're nine and one. We're nine and one. Yeah. So it's been, it's been fun, man. And 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 it's it's just having an opportunity to have guys like you know Olin Cruz's office, a line coach, Rasheed Davis, is our office coordinator. Uh, you know, Billy Moore, who was at Loyola, is our defensive coordinator. We got a lot of great guys on our staff. A lot of guys that have a, a, a lot of coaching experience, but also young guys who are energetic, who have a high apt, mental aptitude of the game. And but the common denominator is we care about our kids as people and not just players. And I think our kids they receive that, so they'll run through a brick wall for us. And it's just been great. Like the community's great, the administration's behind us, and uh, you know we're trying to take this thing to the, to the pinnacle, man. It's been it's been a great ride, and, and I'm just it's just a blessing to be in the situation, and I'm just excited to uh to to, to play tomorrow. I can't wait to see our kids. Yeah, play. I'm waiting for my wife to text me back. I'm like, hon, do we have anything tomorrow? Because we may go up to Antioch. Come on up, Cap. Come on. God, that would be. I, so I, I'm gonna fun. get Brother O on you, man. You know he's gonna make you come now. He will. Yeah, <laughs> Brother O. Yes, sir. Man. I'll be there. Three one two three three two. Three seven seven six Bears and Saints. I said this on the air the other day. You may tell me I'm nuts. I think the offense, and I know we don't know who the quarterback's going to be yet, but I think the rest of the offense is getting closer. You got to get a center in here that can play, like Lucas Patrick. Sylvie had a great line yesterday. He said, "Oh, we got." Bad news on the Bears injury report. Oh, what's that? And Waddle said, who didn't practice? He goes, no, Lucas Patrick was a full participant. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's a pretty good. <laughs> they have got to go out and get a yeah. real... Look, Olin's going to go to the Hall of Fame. I'm not expecting a Hall mm-hmm. of Fame center. Just get a really good... He can recognize the defense. He can hold his quarterback accountable. Help him. Yeah. Get the snap back there. Yeah, you talk about... The quarterback, right? We're talking about do we have a quarterback here? We're talking about Beige. We're talking about Fields. But you need a quarterback on that offensive line, which starts with the center. Correct. The center is the quarterback. Correct. He sets the protections, right? The center on the offensive line is is the culture builder. Like, he sets the standard for that offensive line. And you talk about Olin Cruz. That's why offensive line was so great when I was here because Olin set the standard, not just the protection and stuff like that on the field. He set the standard on the offensive line. Guys were lifting hard. Guys were staying after practice. Guys were watching film together. They were going to O-line dinners together because they were continuing to build that continuity and chemistry that you need to be successful on Sunday. So it, it doesn't just, like, what you do in the building and as an offensive line, that it, it's, it goes beyond that if you want to have success, right? you got to have that chemistry off the field. You've got to have chemistry with the guy next to you because offensive line, you got to work together. These protections is all synchronized. It all works together. And if you don't have that command from that center position, that quarterback, well, guess what? It's not going to work. So Ryan Poles was telling me and Hoodie a story in when we were at Indy for the Combine, and I'm hoping we're down there again this year. It's a cool experience. He said, I'm an undrafted rookie free agent trying to make the Bears from Boston College. Olin takes the <laughs> entire offensive line to dinner. He said, 
I'm getting to go to that? Yeah, every offensive yeah. lineman in camp, I got it. I'm taking you all to dinner. He goes, we go to some steakhouse in Chicago, and I just want to be invisible. Uh, I'll take the salmon and the broccoli. He said, that's Uh-oh. all I ordered. Oh, Here comes the waiter. He sets the trays down. Who's got the salmon? And mm. he's like, oh, wait a minute. Yep. You're at a steakhouse and you ordered effing salmon? Yeah. What are you, out of your mind? Yeah. Yeah, he said, right away, Olin was pissed. Yeah, he ain't having it. Right. <laughs> you ain't having it. Like, And that's what I mean, like... The, like I said, the standard is going to be upheld, whether it's at dinner, <laughs> in yes. the weight room. Like, and like I told you, Cap, before we got on air, like, you're not practicing today? What? If you didn't practice, not just Olin, you had all kind of guys looking at you sideways. Ruben like, Brown. Yeah, Ruben Brown, another guy. You know, Mike Brown. Like, like if I didn't practice, I felt so bad that I, I felt like I was letting my teammates down. That's the accountability that we had amongst each other. That's how close we were with each other. Because I'm sitting here, right, and I remember one year I, I tore my pec, I had to sit out, and I was so bad that I wasn't physically able to be out there with my guys. I'm seeing them guys grind through practice or grinding through games and even grinding through training camp, and I'm sitting here and I can't practice. One, is killing me to the core because I want to be out there, but two, I felt like I was letting them down. And that's the type of standard and accountability that we had amongst each other in that locker room. And like I said before, it's bigger than the coach, than the GM, if you want to be great, right? If you want to be a great team, the players set the standard. You got to be player-led, not coach-led. If you're coach-led, you're going to be an average team. If you're player-led, you have a chance of being an elite team. Wow. That's where it starts. Can can that happen with the youngest roster going? Yeah. Because can all a bunch of rookies and second-year guys do that? Yeah, th- it's got to start somewhere. The foundation has to be laid somewhere. I don't care if you're an undrafted guy, if you're going out there and you're producing, right? But if you're also, when you're in that building and you're holding yourself to a high standard, you're doing everything right, but you're also saying, hey, man, let's come on, let's watch some extra film. Or I'm taking receivers as a young quarterback and I'm saying, hey, you know what? Practice is over, but we're not done. We didn't get that right in practice. We got to get it right. Because if you think you can walk off the practice field and not have things right, and then you think you're going to all of a sudden get it right in the game, well, guess what? You're going to continue to get your butt whooped every Sunday. So if I have a guy, I don't care what round he was drafted, and if he's taking that if he's taking that leadership and holding everybody else accountable and saying, hey, no, we're staying after, and we're going to run this until we get it right. Well, guess what? If you do that, guys will follow. But you have to be doing anything right yourself. You can't be a guy that's like, oh, I'm leaving the facility early and now, oh, one day out of the week, uh, let's stay after. No, it's got to be every day. Because, guy, I mean, the best of the best. So if they see that you're a fake leader or that you're showing fake you're leadership, done. you're done. Like, look at this clown right here. What is he talking about? I mean, that's how the game goes. Wow. Uh, let's go to the phones. 312-332-3776. Football Friday. J-Max here. We're having fun just talking ball uh, Matt is in stream when he's first. Hey, Matt, what's up, Sparky? Hey, Cap. Hey, Mr. McKee. Thanks for taking my phone call. Hey, man, how you Cap, doing? Good, thank you. Man, as you, like, regarding when I listened to Ryan Pohl's interview this week and he was talking glowingly about Jalen Johnson's situation and about Bontez Sweat and Coach Eberflutes, and when it came to Justin, all he said, Cap and Mr. McKee, was that he, he just said he wanted what's best for the team. So it seems to me when we're playing this week that he's already out on Justin. They already ruled him out on Monday, and it just seems like to me that for this team, 
Kevin, Mr. McKee, that they're they're riding with Tyson Bage, and as long as he doesn't turn the ball over and do fumbles like Justin did, and just that they're going to ride with with Tyson Bagent this year and just to see how many how many wins they can do and how much they can. I think that they're just going to possibly they're done with, with Justin Fields and that they're just going to try to say that the thumb is just not healed and he's just not gripping his strength strength-wise. Like he cannot grip the ball. And so I'm just worried that with this with this coaching staff and with this regime that the only one that Ryan Post seems to be out on, regardless of the players, is just Justin Fields. Thoughts? Yeah, Thanks, I, man. Appreciate thanks, the call. Man. Thank you. Yeah, Cap. I I I just think they're, Justin's going to be back in the lineup. I think they like Bajan. Justin's Justin's still hurt with that thumb. You know, I think it is true what they're saying, the grip strength stuff like that. I think that's true, but there's still a lot of evaluation that needs to be done on Justin. That's that's the main thing. Like he's not. They're not going to put him on the shelf and say, "Hey, we're completely done with Justin." There's still a value. There's evaluation for everybody, not just Justin, for the entire roster. So I think he will be back in the lineup. So if they were to somehow stun the world and win Sunday and Justin says Monday, I think I can go. You're putting him back in? Depends on how Tyson plays. I mean, I but I I think Justin's coming back in regardless. Like there's that, that there's an evaluation, a lot of evaluation that has that's that's left to be made on Justin Fields. So I've always believed the end of this year, look, they're not going to the playoffs. They're two and six. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna get on a hot run here. It's not gonna happen. At the end of the year, the one thing I have to know, is he my quarterback or not? Because if I've got Carolina's pick and my pick, and they're both in the top five, I'm either getting my next quarterback or I'm trading those picks for a ton of capital to fix my roster, and I'm rolling with him or I'm signing a veteran quarterback. I got to know, in or out, period. Yeah, 100%. I don't think he's the guy. Yeah. I, I will be shocked if he's here next year. What about you? Yeah. I what I I mean, I I just think it depends upon how he plays. And I think it's is a lot of things that's happened with Justin. Is it his fault? Yeah, for sure. Does he hold the ball too long? Yeah. Does he make mistakes? Yeah. But I also think it's he has weapons around him, but I also think it's them devising a consistent game plan, right, that accentuates his skill sets, mm-hmm. right? Get him out of the pocket, doing things like that. Give him high, uh, easy completion. So why aren't they doing that? That's the that's the ba- that's the puzzling thing. You see it a couple weeks, and he excels. Four touchdowns, four touchdowns. Yeah, it's against bad defenses, but it's a game plan, right? And it, and it's play calls that's that's geared toward his skill set. Then you go back all of a sudden. Then the next week, you see he's sitting in the pocket, he's getting sacked, holding the ball too long. That's the frustrating part, and it, and it makes you wonder. Maybe they don't want that type like, of quarterback. like the play he got hurt on. I've watched it a hundred yeah. times. He held the ball. It took a stopwatch. Yeah, way too long. 6.19 seconds. Yeah. Tyson Bajan, the ball's out. 2.2, 2.5, never longer than that. Yeah. Bam. Read, read, gone. I mean. Yeah, and, and you think about it, right? The coordinator comes from, you know, and it comes from a system from that team up north where they had Aaron Rodgers. That correct. ball was gone. Out. Out. Quick. Immediately. Justin's not that type of quarterback. And if you're the, obviously the coordinator, he, he doesn't know how to devise a, a consistent game plan for Justin's skill set. That's one of the biggest problems. Correct. Which it tells me maybe they don't want him yeah. to be their guy. I would just get through this. He, either he does it what, the way we see it happening or we're moving on. We're not going to tailor 
a zone read type offense right. to him. Right. And that's what we've seen week in and week out with the inconsistency in the game. Plan. Like, you were on the sidelines. Shay, you were listening to this, Jay Moore, when Chris Collinsworth on Sunday Night Football saying, yeah, Justin can learn a lot from watching Tyson Bajan play. I'm like, <laughs> if I'm Justin, I'm like, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> like, it was almost the yeah. talking points that the Bears hand. Here, Chris, yeah. talk about that. It yeah. was like, I, I, if I was Justin, I'd be pissed. He should be. But do you think they showed him that film? Now, here's a guy, drops back quick, gets the ball out. I think the Bears, when they look at this, they're going, we want to teach field some of this Bajan kid stuff. Mm. Right. And so. <laughs> Show him that. Justin's on the sideline. He's listening to the play call. He's not watching it. Yeah. Soon as he gets back on his phone. His girlfriend or his mom and dad or his agent or his best friends are texting him going, dude, they're saying you could learn by watching Bajant. What? <laughs> I mean, you got, as a player, you're going to be pissed. Yeah. Yeah. You should be pissed if you're not. You, you, like you, if you, you told me, oh, wow, that's like a Hall of Fame quarterback they want you to learn. He's a second round. He's just a Division yeah. two undrafted rookie. Yeah. it's. I mean, but at the same time, like totally different skill sets and like you totally just, like you just said cap if you're trying to force a justin fields who doesn't have right that 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 pocket passer mentality mm -hmm. right that internal clock in terms of getting rid of the football right into an offense that requires you to process and do those things at a high level that's what you got you got what we've had with justin game in and game out correct but when you devise a game plan like I said, that accentuates his skill set, similar to some of the things that he did in college. You know, then you get a you got a productive guy. But if you have a coordinator that doesn't want to do that, well, guess what? You're going to get the ebbs and flows of Justin Fields, like we've seen in his but, whole career. But the coordinator works for the head coach, and the head coach works for yeah. the GM, so they're all culpable. Yeah, and if and if and if they want a system right, like the one we've seen a game plan, like we've seen the past few weeks with Tyson under center. Well, guess what? Like you say, Cap, Justin won't be here. You got to find a quarterback that can do that. I, I'm a former basketball coach. It would be like having, you know, five guys that are big, thick, slow, but man, are they strong. We're going to run and press 94 feet and we're getting beat down the court. Why don't you run a half court offense and dive the ball inside? Oh, boy. You look like a different team. Exactly. It is what it is. Our guy, J-Mac, is here in studio. Shay's the executive producer. Jay Moore's at the controls. I'm David Kaplan. 312-332-3776. It's a football Friday. Bears at Saints. Last time they won, a certain friend of ours scored the game-winning touchdown. You'll hear that on the show today. Courtney Cronin, 835, sets the stage for it. And we'll have the weekend weather with Tracy. J-Mac! We're ready to go, Bears and Saints, man. Him won since 1991 there. Mm -mm. All these stats, man. It's unbelievable, right? You look back at, you know, like you said, history since 1991, and you're trying to find the silver lining in this season. Mm -hmm. And it's like it's just bad stat after bad stat. And you think something's got to go good for us, right? Right. Something. At some point. Anything. Right. I mean, it's, it's so frustrating, and, you know, me having the opportunity to be able to 
to see it from a different perspective, to be on the sideline and to watch the game and break it down from that perspective. It's tough because, um, you know, we were talking before we got on air, like these guys, they bust their behinds. Players, coaches, everybody in that building. I know they're busting their behinds to go out there to, to be competitive, to go out there and put wins together. And as a player, when you're going through the, the daily grind, right, the weekly grind in preparation for a game, I mean, you're watching film, you're lifting weights, you're doing that, you're practicing, you're doing everything you can to put your best foot forward and to go out there and to, to not have the results, you know, week in, week out. It's tough. It's tough to have that same mindset and mentality to, one, to have that belief into what your coach is saying. You know, he's saying all the right things. We're getting better. We're, in, we're heading in the right direction. But we're not getting the results as a player. You know, those questions start to pop in your head. And that's just human nature. Correct. You I mean, hear the coach and here we go. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, oh, he said that last week. <laughs> right. He said that yesterday. We're getting close. Yeah. Still, coach. But you're still far. Right. Like, how close are we getting but we're so far? How close are we getting when we just got destroyed by the Chargers? Like, as a player, that's tough. And especially if you're one of those players that's doing your job, you know, you're, perform- you're performing, you're, you're a part of the, the solution, not the problem, and to see that the same results over and over again, it's, it's tough. It really is. I've been, in lock- I've been in a locker room like that. It's hard. You know, Lovey's first year, I think we were 5-11, and 11, mm-hmm. and it was tough, tough, tough. And I was a young guy. I was just trying to fit in and try to find my footing, and it was tough back then. And, you know, you had to play well because I'm trying to make sure I'm on this team next year. Right. I want to make sure I'm in the NFL next year. I want to be here in Chicago. I want to be on this roster. Made a lot of friends. Got a lot of great teammates. A lot of great players in this locker room. I got to make sure I'm doing my job so I'm here next year. But it's still tough to hear that same coaches speak over and over again. But then you go on the field and you're getting the same results. So when you're playing and going through this whole thing, I've heard Tommy and Olin and Yerk. Yerk said, man, you're either all in yeah. or you're going to get killed out there. And that he, that was his lifestyle till he retired. Yep. Now he's a radio dude. He's awesome. When you're going through that, it's not a couple hours of practice, head home, relax. Chill. No, it's like 24 seven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're always trying to find a way. Like you start to second guess yourself. Well, I, I've watched four hours of film. Did I watch enough? You know, I, I lifted. Did I lift enough? You know, do do I need to stay after practice and get some extra reps? Well, I stayed after practice for like 40 minutes. You know, Should I, I mean? stayed for an hour. Yes, exactly. You're always going to second guess yourself when things aren't going right. But, you know, that that's what you like in a situation like this. It's a it's a team game, right? It takes a total team to win. But at the same time, when things are going bad like this and there may be change that may, you know, upcoming change that may happen. Right. You're almost it's almost individualized. Now I'm like, OK. I've got to perform well. Like I just said, I've got to perform well to make sure that I'm here. Or if I'm not here, that I have good enough film, I have a good enough resume uh, to be on a, another team next year. Looking at the Saints, I watched the All-22 of the Bears. I went back and watched some of the Saints. That's a pretty solid football team. Yeah. It is. They're not elite. They're not winning the Super Bowl. This is a hell of a challenge, man, to go in that building where you haven't won since 1991. Yeah. How hard will it be? Going to have to use some silent count. It's going to get loud. Second or third start now for an undrafted Division II quarterback who has 
no real rhythm yet with his team. Mm-hmm. He's playing when they did not think he'd play. It would be Justin. And, wow, silent count? Like, how hard is that? It's tough. I mean, it, it changes the whole dynamic of your offense. And we saw that last week. I mean, at SoFi Stadium, it was but It wasn't that too. loud, was it? It was loud. It was loud. And me, Jeff, and Tom on the call, we kept talking about how loud it was. And it's loud because they played the music loud, too. And mm-hmm. they were playing the music while the guys were in the huddle. And it was loud. A lot of Bears fans. A ton of Bears fans, which was shocking. I, lo- I walked in and I looked around. I saw, oh, man, this feels like Chicago West. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Um, but to your point, to your point, Cap, it's going to be a challenge offensively. And you look at the way that we struggled last week offensively. We can never get in rhythm because there was always either a pre-snap penalty holding, you know, all these things that will stall an offense, all those things that will take you out of rhythm. And when you have those things, you can never get started. And going into into New Orleans where you have a, 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 a the crowd is going to be ridiculous, it's loud, like those are the things that you have to overcome. Like you've got to be close to perfect if you want things to go your way or if you want to have a chance at being effective on offense. And like that silent count, that's one thing. Like you said, young quarterback getting another opportunity to to go out there and, and to lead this offense. So He's got to continue to get better. Um, is this one of the best defenses we faced this year? You know, I'm not going to say they are, but they're they're a tough defense. I mean, you've got some guys that can make plays. Demaro Davis, middle linebackers, all over the field. Cam Jordan, we know we know what he does. So, but but it's about us. It's about us. And you know what I want those players to do is forget about all the outside adversity that you've been that you had. You know, week in and week out. Forget about all the outside noise and focus on us. Like, how do we get better as, as a team? How do, how, how do we get better, you know, player-wise player, player wise in terms of, like, it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks because the players are the guys that's out there on the field. And, you know, like I said before the other day, somebody has to step up in that, in that locker room and say, you know what, let's cut the BS. It's about us. Let's go out here and play our brand of football and let's stop listening to the, to the naysayers and all this stuff. But let's go out here, let's execute and play and play hard football. And if we do those things and we stop doing things to hurt ourselves and we play fundamental football, it gives us a chance to win. So when you guys were playing, like, here's my question. Bajant is this neophyte in the huddle. He's mm-hmm. a young kid. Yep. He's got ability, though. There's yeah. a reason he's there. He's he got talent. Like what your quarterbacks you played for with Orton? About twenty of them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more than that. Who Maybe was the than. guy that was the most in command in the huddle? Because I heard the story. Uh, someone was telling me that played on the '85 Bears, and they said when McMahon first started, like '82 or '83, they said he he wasn't the starter yet. He comes in the game, and everybody's. Chirping, yeah. and he said, "Okay, shut the f up. No one speaks in my huddle again. Are we clear? Whoa!" And one of the linemen, I think it was Noah Jackson, said, "We've never had that before. Mm-hmm. Some guy that I'm the boss. Shut up." Yeah, and it changed. Who was that guy? Man, that's a good. Oh, we had so many guys. I, Kyle, Kyle, I think Kyle did a great job of commanding. Um, you know, attention in the huddle. Kyle Orton. Yeah, Kyle Orton. And, ha- it, like, he had a way of showing you, like, he, he was confident. Hey, we're going we're gonna to score on this play. Hey, we're going to put together a drive here. When you have a quarterback that comes in the huddle and he can, you know, sh- give you that confidence, he's confident in himself, but he's confident in which he can, you know, help you guys believe that, that he can lead and that you can go down and score, 
that resonates throughout that huddle. Like, we believe, too, now, because I feel like, okay, my quarterback has command. He's telling us we're going to do this. Let's go out here and do it. When you got a guy that comes in the huddle and he's like, uh, 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 and he forgets the, the whole play call, he forgets the protection, I'm like, hey, what's the protection? <laughs> you know what I mean? What's the, what's the play? Were you there with Cade McNown? No, I wasn't. I wasn't there with Cade. Because I was told that he literally came in the did no homework, didn't yeah, watch film, and literally called something out. And I don't know if it was Olin at center or uh, <laughs> who was the guy, but Casey Wegman. Mm-hmm. We don't have that in our playbook. <laughs> what? They, and, that, and when you when you have somebody like that, you're like, oh man. We have you played one like that? Yes. And I won't say his name. And and the funny thing is, you talk about Olin, brother. We talk about this all the time. And there was a there was a quarterback that came in a huddle, and I remember him coming in a huddle, and he's like shaking, right? And he's like. You know, he's in the huddle, and he's calling the play, and he forgets. Like I said, he forgets the protection, and it looks like he's tearing up in the huddle. And I look at Thomas Jones. I was like, is he crying? <laughs> and Thomas Jones is like, he's like, yo, yo, what's the protection? What's the protection? And on my head, I'm like, oh, man, we lost. But this guy, like this guy, he wasn't the starter, but guess what? In meetings, he knew everything. Meetings, he knew every play, he knew every uh, coverage. He could, like, he could coach you up. He knew what the receivers were running. He knew if they had the side adjustments, if certain pressures but were coming. But in battle, he freaked. Man, in battle, I was shocked because in meetings, we're like, man. Like, you know, before he gets out there on the field. This and, dude's going to be good. We're like, we got one. We got one, brother. We got one. T. Jones, we got one. He's going to be good. We get out there, and it was shocking. It was like when the <laughs> lights come on, yeah, you're either going to be a dog or you're going to be a deer in headlights. And he was definitely a deer. I will not say his name, though. Wow. Yeah. Was it Jay? <laughs> no, it wasn't Jay. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't Jay. It wasn't Jay, no. Uh, it's a football Friday here. So what are you out there as you get in the car? Ah, one more day and I get my weekend. What are you expecting to see when you watch the Bears and the Saints on Sunday? Eight and a half points is the spread now. Eight and a half. So Vegas has no confidence. They were eight and a half, nine Last week, depending on where you shop, uh, against the Chargers and got beat 30 to 13. So, what are you expecting to see? With Jason McKee, I'm David Kaplan, 312 332 3776. It's a football Friday, Bear Saints on Sunday. A bunch of good college football this weekend. We got Clemson at Notre Dame. Good football, man. Some really good football. Yeah. Exciting. Hey, we're doing our picks later. Shay, how do you not have the Clemson Notre Dame mm. game on our list? Mm. Washington at USC, LSU at Alabama. Like, there's some really good games. And your team, Carmel, is playing Antioch at Antioch. Yeah. You're in the state playoffs. Yeah. Round two. I appreciate it, man. The kids will the kids will be thrilled that you mentioned them. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been it's been it's been a good journey. Um, I took over that program back in COVID. It was a struggle. We took our lumps. <laughs> we were getting blown out by a lot of great programs. That's you know in the Catholic League Conference, and our kids have matured. Um, I think my coaching staff they've done a good job of coaching and developing guys. And now you know we're the guys dishing out punishment. So you're nine and one. We're nine and one. Yeah. So it's been, it's been fun, man. And 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 it's. It's just having an opportunity to have guys like, you know, Olin Cruz's office, a line coach, Rasheed Davis's office, a coordinator, 
uh, you know, Billy Moore, who was at Loyola, is our defensive coordinator. We got a lot of great guys on our staff. A lot of guys that have a, a lot of coaching experience, but also young guys who are energetic, who have a high apt- mental aptitude of the game. And but the common denominator is we care about our kids as people and not just players. And I think our kids they receive that, so they'll run through a brick wall for us. And it's just been great. Like the community's great, the administration's behind us, and. Uh, you know, we're trying to take this thing to the, to the pinnacle, man. It's been it's been a great ride, and, and I'm just it's just a blessing to be in the situation, and I'm just excited to uh to to, to play tomorrow. I can't wait to see our kids. Yeah, play. I'm waiting for my wife to text me back. I'm like, hon, do we have any tomorrow? Because we may go up to Antioch. Come on up, Cap. Come on. God, that would be. I, so I, I'm gonna fun. get Brother O on you, man. You know he's gonna make you come now. He will. <laughs> yeah, Brother O. Yes, sir. Man. I'll be there. Three one two three three two three seven seven six Bears and Saints. I said this on the air the other day. You may tell me I'm nuts. I think the offense, and I know we don't know who the quarterback's going to be yet, but I think the rest of the offense is getting closer. you got to get a center in here that can play. Like Lucas Patrick. Sylvie had a great line yesterday. He said, oh, we got bad news on the Bears injury report. Oh, what's that? And Waddle said, who didn't practice? He goes, no, Lucas Patrick was a full participant. (laughs) I'm like, that's pretty good. They have got to go out and get a real... Look, Olin's going to go to the Hall of Fame. I'm not expecting a Hall of Fame center. Just get a really good... He can recognize the defense. He can hold his quarterback accountable. Help him get the snap back there. Yeah, you talk about the quarterback, right? We're talking about do we have a quarterback here? We're talking about Beige. We're talking about Fields. But you need a quarterback on that offensive line, which starts with the center. Correct. The center is the quarterback. Correct. He sets the protections, right? The center on the offensive line is is the culture builder. Like, he sets the standard for that offensive line. And you talk about Olin Cruz. That's why offensive line was so great when I was here because Olin set the standard, not just the protection and stuff like that on the field. He set the standard on the offensive line. Guys were lifting hard. Guys were staying after practice. Guys were watching film together. They were going to O-line dinners together because they were continuing to build that continuity and chemistry that you need to be successful on Sunday. So it, it doesn't just, like, what you do in the building and as an offensive line, that it, it's, it goes beyond that if you want to have success, right? you got to have that chemistry off the field. You've got to have chemistry with the guy next to you because offensive line, you got to work together. These protections is all synchronized. It all works together. And if you don't have that command from that center position, that quarterback, well, guess what? It's not going to work. So Ryan Poles was telling me and Hoodie a story in when we were at Indy for the Combine, and I'm hoping we're down there again this year. It's a cool experience. He said, I'm an undrafted rookie free agent trying to make the Bears from Boston College. Olin takes the <laughs> entire offensive line to dinner. He said, oh, I'm getting to go to that? Yeah, every offensive yeah. lineman in camp, I got it. I'm taking you all to dinner. He goes, we go to some steakhouse in Chicago, and I just want to be invisible. Uh, I'll take the salmon and the broccoli. He said, that's Uh-oh. all I ordered. Oh, Here comes the waiter. He sets the trays down. Who's got the salmon? And he's like, oh, wait a minute. Yep. You're at a steakhouse and you ordered effing salmon? Yeah. What are you, out of your mind? Yeah. Yeah, he said, right away, all of us pissed yeah you ain't having it right <laughs> you ain't having it like and that's what i mean like that's like i said the standard is going to be upheld whether it's at dinner <laughs> in yes. the weight room like, like and like i told you cat before we got on air like you're not practicing today what if you didn't practice 
not just Olin. You had all kind of guys looking at you sideways. Ruben like Ruben Brown. Yeah, Ruben Brown, another guy. You know, Mike Brown. Like, like if I didn't practice, I felt so bad that I, I felt like I was letting my teammates down. That's the accountability that we had amongst each other. That's how close we were with each other. Because I'm sitting here, right, and I remember one year I, I tore my pec, I had to sit out, and I was so bad that I wasn't physically able to be out there with my guys. I'm seeing them guys grind through practice and grinding through games and even grinding through training camp, and I'm sitting here and I can't practice. One, is killing me to the core because I want to be out there, but two, I felt like I was letting them down. And that's the type of standard and accountability that we had amongst each other in that locker room. And like I said before, it's bigger than the coach, than the GM, if you want to be great, right? If you want to be a great team, the players set the standard. You got to be player-led, not coach-led. If you're coach-led, you're going to be an average team. If you're player-led, you have a chance of being an elite team. Wow. That's where it starts. Can can that happen with the youngest roster going? Yeah. Because can all a bunch of rookies and second-year guys do that? Yeah, it's got to start somewhere. The foundation has to be laid somewhere. I don't care if you're an undrafted guy, if you're going out there and you're producing, right? But if you're also, when you're in that building and you're holding yourself to a high standard, you're doing everything right, but you're also saying, hey, man, let's come on, let's watch some extra film. Or I'm taking receivers as a young quarterback and I'm saying, hey, you know what? Practice is over, but we're not done. We didn't get that right in practice. We got to get it right. Because if you think you can walk off the practice field and not have things right, and then you think you're going to all of a sudden get it right in the game, well, guess what? You're going to continue to get your butt whooped every Sunday. So if I have a guy, I don't care what round he was drafted, and if he's taking that if he's taking that leadership and holding everybody else accountable and saying, hey, no, we're staying after, and we're going to run this until we get it right. Well, guess what? If you do that, guys will follow. But you have to be doing anything right yourself. You can't be a guy that's like, oh, I'm leaving the facility early and now, oh, one day out of the week, uh, let's stay after. No, it's got to be every day. Because, guy, I mean, the best of the best. So if they see that you're a fake leader or that you're showing fake you're leadership, done. you're done. Like, look at this clown right here. What is he talking about? I mean, that's how the game goes. Wow. Uh, let's go to the phones. 312-332-3776. Football Friday. J-Max here. We're having fun just talking ball uh, Matt is in stream when he's first. Hey, Matt, what's up, Sparky? Hey, Cap. Hey, Mr. McKee. Thanks for taking my phone call. Hey, man, how you Cap, doing? Good, thank you. Man, I ask you, like, regarding when I listened to Ryan Pohl's interview this week and he was talking glowingly about Jalen Johnson's situation and about Bontez Sweat and Coach Eberflutes, and when it came to Justin, all he said, Cap and Mr. McKee, was that he, he just said he wanted what's best for the team. So it seems to me when we're playing this week that he's already out on Justin. They already ruled him out on Monday. And it just seems like to me that for this team, Kevin, Mr. McKee, that they're, they're riding with Tyson Bajan as long as he doesn't turn the ball over and do fumbles like Justin did. And just that they're going to ride with, with Tyson Bajan this year and just to see how many, how many wins they can do and how much they can. I think that they're just going to possibly they're done with, with Justin Fields and that they're just going to try to say that the thumb is just not healed and he's just not gripping his strength strength wise like he cannot grip the ball and so I'm just worried that with this with this coaching staff and with this regime that the only one that Ryan Post seems to be out on regardless of the players is just Justin Fields thoughts yeah thanks I, man appreciate thanks, the call man. thank you yeah Cap I, I I just think they're Justin's going to be back in the lineup I think they like Bajan 
Justin's, Justin's still hurt with that thumb. You know, I think it is true what they're saying, the grip strength, stuff like that. I think that's true. But there's still a lot of evaluation that needs to be done on Justin. That's that's the main thing. Like, he's not. they're not going to put him on the shelf and say, hey, we're completely done with Justin. There's still a value. There's evaluation for everybody, not just Justin, for the entire roster. So I think he will be back in the lineup. So if they were to somehow stun the world and win Sunday and Justin says Monday, I think I can go. You're putting him back in? Depends on how Tyson plays. I mean, I but I I think Justin's coming back in regardless. Like there's that, that there's an evaluation, a lot of evaluation that has that's that's left to be made on Justin Fields. So I've always believed the end of this year, look, they're not going to the playoffs. They're two and six. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna get on a hot run here. It's not gonna happen. At the end of the year, the one thing I have to know, is he my quarterback or not? Yep. Because if I've got Carolina's pick and my pick, and they're both in the top five, I'm either getting my next quarterback or I'm trading those picks for a ton of capital to fix my roster, and I'm rolling with him or I'm signing a veteran quarterback. i got to know, in or yeah. out, period. Yeah, 100%. Do you, I don't think he's the guy. Yeah. I, I will be shocked if he's here next year. What about you? Yeah, I— what I, I mean, I, I just think it depends upon how he plays. And I think it's, it's a lot of things that's happened with Justin. Is it his fault? Yeah, for sure. Does he hold the ball too long? Yeah. Does he make mistakes? Yeah. But I also think it's he has weapons around him. But I also think it's them devising a consistent game plan, right, that accentuates his skill sets, mm-hmm. right? Get him out of the pocket, doing things like that. Give them high, uh, easy completions. So why aren't they doing that? That's the, that's the ba- that's the puzzling thing. You see it a couple weeks, and he excels. Four touchdowns, four touchdowns. Yeah, it's against bad defenses, but it's a game plan, right? And, it, and it's play calls that's, that's geared toward his skill set. Then you go back, all of a sudden, then the next week you see he's sitting in the pocket, he's getting sacked, holding the ball too long. That's the frustrating part. And it, and it makes you wonder, maybe they don't want that type like, of Like the play he got hurt on, I've watched it a hundred yeah. times. He held the ball. He took a stopwatch. Yeah, way too long. 6.19 seconds. Yeah. Tyson Bajan, the ball's out. 2.2, 2.5, never longer than that. Yeah. Bam. Read, read, gone. I mean. Yeah, and, and you think about it, right? The coordinator comes from, you know, and it comes from a system from that team up north where they had Aaron Rodgers. That correct. ball was gone. Out. Out. Quick. Immediately. Just is not that type of quarterback. And if you're the, obviously the coordinator, he, he doesn't know how to devise a, a consistent game plan for Justin's skill set. That's one of the biggest problems. Correct. Which it tells me maybe they don't want him yeah. to be their guy. I would just get through this. He, either he does it what, the way we see it happening or we're moving on. We're not going to tailor a zone read type offense right. to him. Right. And that's what we've seen week in and week out with the inconsistency in the game. Like, you were on the sidelines. Shay, you were listening to this, Jay Moore, when Chris Collinsworth on Sunday Night Football saying, yeah, Justin can learn a lot from watching Tyson Bajan play. I'm like, (laughs) if I'm Justin, I'm like, what? (laughs) Really? (laughs) Like, it was almost the talking points that the Bears hand. Here, Chris, talk about that. It yeah. was like, I, I, if I was Justin, I'd be pissed. He should be. But do you think they showed him that film? 
Now, here's a guy, drops back quick, gets the ball out. I think the Bears, when they look at this, they're going, we want to teach Field some of this Bajan kid stuff. Right. And so, <laughs> show him that. Justin's on the sideline. He's listening to the play call. He's not watching it. Yeah. Soon as he gets back on his phone, his girlfriend or his mom and dad or his agent or his best friends are texting him going, Dude, they're saying you could learn by watching Bajant. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got, as a player, you're going to be pissed. Yeah. Yeah. You should be pissed if you're not. You, you, like, you, if you, you mean, told me, oh, wow, that's like a Hall of Fame quarterback they want you to learn. He's a second round. He's just a Division yeah. Two undrafted rookie. Yeah, it's, I mean, but at the same time, like, totally different skill sets. And like you, totally. just, like you just said, Cap, if you're trying to force a Justin Fields who doesn't have, right, that 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 pocket passer mentality, right? Mm -hmm. That internal clock in terms of getting rid of the football right. into an offense that requires you to process and do those things at a high level, that's what you got. You got what we've had with Justin game in and game out. Correct. But when you devise a game plan, like I said, that accentuates his skill set, similar to some of the things that he did in college, you know, then you get a you got a productive guy. But if you have a coordinator that doesn't want to do that, well, guess what? You're going to get the ebbs and flows of Justin Fields like we've seen in his but, whole career. But the coordinator works for the head coach, and the head coach works for yeah. the GM, so they're all culpable. Yeah, and if and if and if they want a system right, like the one we've seen a game plan, like we've seen the past few weeks with Tyson under center, well, guess what? Like you say, Cap, Justin won't be here. You got to find a quarterback that can do that. I, I'm a former basketball coach. It would be like having. You know, five guys that are big, thick, slow, but man, are they strong. We're going to run and press 94 feet, and we're getting beat down the court. Why don't you run a half-court offense and dive the ball inside? Yeah. Oh, boy, he looks like a different team. Exactly. It is what it is.